0: Such a good reminder to keep our eyes on Jesus all the time. Our scripture reading for today comes from the book of Acts chapter 16 verses 16 through 34. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version updated. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the Spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight... Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. Because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights. He then brought them... uh, uh, The jailer called for lights. He rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied... "'Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household.' "'Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all others in his house. "'At that hour of the night the jailer took them and washed their wounds. "'Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. "'The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. "'He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God.' he and his whole household word of God for us this morning thanks be to God let us pray Lord I just thank you for this day I thank you O Lord for being reminded that we need to keep our eyes on you we ask O Lord on this day that you will speak to us through this word as it is proclaimed that you will continue to give me your thoughts to be my own And that, oh Lord, we will be built up for your kingdom through it. We ask, oh Lord, that it will speak the truth that we need to hear. We pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In order to understand the scripture, you kind of have to go back a little bit and, and hear about what was going on with Paul and Silas. Every time they went into a town, Paul and Silas had to find where the people would gather so that they could share the gospel. Usually that place was the synagogue. You know, they would try to find the local synagogue and go into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and tell them about Jesus being the Messiah. But there was an issue. There were some towns where they were going to that were so Gentile that they didn't even have a synagogue. That there wasn't a a formal place for the Jews to, to worship. And this was the case in this town. They had come there and and there wasn't a synagogue to go to. And so they started asking around, where do people go to pray? Where do people gather? Where are they, you know, maybe in groups that we can go speak to them? And they found out that the women would go down to the river to pray. And so they had gone down there and they found a place of prayer and they had met a woman there called Lydia and Lydia had received the gospel, been excited about it hosted them in her house just everything awesome, great, going really good and when that happened they were like yeah you know that we just got to go back there that's a great spot we're going to get some more people for the kingdom of God and so the scripture today they're going to that same place of prayer they're on the way there but this time they encounter a woman much different to Lydia Lydia was affluent she had her own household she was by all means able to take care of herself apparently and she had you know a lot of things this woman is a slave On top of being a slave, the scripture says that she has a spirit of divination by which she can foretell the future, and therefore her owners have been exploiting her for God knows how long. Because they've been using her to tell the future of people and get money from them. And this woman meets Paul and Silas on the way to the place of prayer. And you know, sometimes groupies are really annoying. You know what a groupie is, right? Somebody who hangs around, not necessarily wanted, and won't go away. They're like the super fans, right? I mean, they're all like crazy about you. And they're all in your business. (laughs) And this woman was like a super fan. She was following them and she was telling everybody these men are servants of the God most high. They can tell you the way of salvation. And I'm sure that at first that was kind of cool. You know, here's this woman proclaiming that we are really from God. You know, kind of like when the superfan comes the first time and asks for the autograph and everybody's like, yeah, sure, I'll give you an autograph. Next thing you know is they're trying to pull one of your hairs out and stuff to keep. And they get a little creepy and crazy, right? And so I'm sure that this woman at first was like, okay, she's there, whatever but after a few days the scripture says that she constantly came after them announcing to everybody the same thing over and over again these men are truly from the God most high they are servants of him and they can tell you the way to salvation and the scripture says that Paul just got annoyed with the whole thing after a while we're not really told what exactly pushed him over the edge but he got annoyed we don't know if he was annoyed by the fact that this woman was bound by an evil spirit of divination we don't know if he was annoyed by her constant announcing of who they were we don't know if maybe he was annoyed because you know they do say no adver- you know any advertising is good advertising but you might not want the local fortune teller saying stuff because then people can't tell the truth from the from the facts you know the truth from the lies but we know that he got so annoyed that eventually he turns to the woman and he commands the spirit to come out of her in the name of Jesus and immediately not after a while Not the next day or the next week. Immediately, the spirit left her. You know, we we need to learn that there's power in the name of Jesus. It wasn't in any other name that Paul called for that spirit to go. It was by the power of Jesus that he expelled that spirit from that woman. And so many times we call on all kinds of other things except calling on the name of Jesus when we need power. Well if you want to upset people hit them in the wallet. Seems to always work. You want to see some upset people go to the gas station right now and just sit around and watch people's faces as they look at the price on the pump. No one's happy about that right? We get upset when our wallet is hit. And what happened in this story is that the owners of this woman, the ones who had been exploiting her, the ones who had been using her basically as a golden goose laying all these golden eggs by fortune-telling, got really upset when they realized that with the spirit gone, this woman could not foretell futures anymore. She could not longer produce that constant steady flow of money that they were hoping for and they got so upset that they decided these guys are gonna have to pay for this we're gonna make them pay so the scripture says they dragged Paul and Silas before the authorities and they accused them of being troublemakers they said these guys are have the whole city in an uproar they are advocating things that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or to adopt See, what you have to understand is that in Roman culture, the emperor was supposed to be worshipped as God. And so for them to come and advocate for Jesus as being the savior of the world, the only true God, was a little conflicting with that. But to say that they had put the whole city in an uproar was kind of a big stretch, wasn't it? I mean, they embellished the story to the point that that you knew that it wasn't really true. They hadn't gotten a bunch of people upset about emperor worship not being followed. But they were so upset about their money being taken away that they got the crowd into it. Oh yeah, we're Romans, we're proud Romans, you know, we're not going to put up with this. And the scripture says that the people joined in. You know, you would have thought that when they saw this woman delivered from the spirit of divination that they would have been happy, but they weren't. They joined in the attacks against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates had them stripped of their clothes and beaten with rods Now I want you to understand this is not a slap on the wrist These are rods that were designed to break the skin They were set to inflict maximum pain and damage to the back You know I was saying this earlier in the nine o'clock service is one of the reasons they beat you on the back is you can't even reach up over there to soothe yourself and then you can't even lay down to rest because it hurts and they beat them with rods and it says that the beating was severe they were severely flogged they were severely beaten and after they were beaten they called the jailer and they said throw them in the innermost part of the jail keep them safe be careful that they don't get away and the jailer took the instructions very seriously. The scripture says he didn't put them in the, in the, in the uh, low security section. He put them in the high security section all the way in the depths of the prison. And you got to remember that the difference between maximum security and lower security is how many checkpoints you have to go through to get down there. How many guards are on the way? How many doors you have to open? And they were thrown in the deepest part of this jail and then they were they were fastened to stalks and you know if you look this up they were chained probably to the wall they were probably they probably had wood stalks on their feet so they couldn't move and here they are bloodied and hurting and put in this place that probably wasn't hadn't been cleaned ever And in this place, they're put away. Kind of, you know, how they say, you know, put them in jail and throw away the key. This is kind of what the authorities wanted. They wanted to get rid of them. They wanted them to be gone. And this was their way of dealing with it. And pleasing the crowd of people that had protested against them. Now, most of us found ourselves in this dark place. In this pit, if you will, of death most of us would have began to pray to God to complain. Lord, we were doing your work. How could you allow this to happen? Lord, we were trying to share your gospel. It went so well the week before with Lydia. What happened? Yeah, I've entitled this sermon, Twist and Turns, because so many times in life, our lives take twists and turns that we cannot explain and we don't understand we don't understand why things happen the way they do all the time at least I don't I don't know about you but a lot of times things happen and I'm going Lord really this how many times have we had that same thought or that same question why Lord why this why that and this this would have been my prayer in that jail Lord it's time for you to Krispy Kreme these guys I need out of here Bring justice to me. But the scripture says that what they did was they began to pray and praise God and sing hymns in jail. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm bleeding and bloody and hurt, singing is not the first thing that comes to mind. And They were praising God. And, you know, you got to remember, these prisons are not modern prisons where we have all the, all the soundproof barriers along the way. This is... This is an old prison that you can probably hear the reverberating of their praise all the way up through the jail as they're singing. And the prisoners in other jail servers are going, are they really singing? Are you serious? Didn't they beat them severely? Aren't they bleeding? And they're singing? You know, some of our biggest testimonies come when we can be in the depths of the prison, when we can be hurt and hurting, and yet we can praise God and people notice. People want to know what we know that allows us to worship God in the middle of the storm. They want to know how you're doing it. Because if they put themselves in your situation, they say, I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could weather the storm like you, you were weathering it. Scripture says they kept worshiping and praying. And around midnight, the foundations of the jails were shaken. And you have to understand, these jails were a lot of times carved out of, out of stone, and kind of going underground, so they were solid. I mean, this was not a, you know, these dales were not flimsy buildings, if you will. They're not, they're not made of of, of sticks and stones. They're really, literally, like solid stone that has been carved out a lot of times. And the whole place shook. This was not a California little quake. This was a big one on the Richter scale. And the scripture says that the doors of the jail cells all flung open, that all the chains that had been holding all the prisoners come off. And this wakes up the jailer. You know, after you fast in the prisoners in jail, there's not a whole lot for you to do. You just kind of sit around and wait, right? After you've got all the chains on them and they're all in their cells, there's not a whole lot for you to do. So the jailer had decided he was going to take himself a nap, I mean it's midnight. And all the commotion of all the chains falling off and earthquake wake him up. And when he notices that everything is open, that all the prisoners are loose, he realized that the worst nightmare for a jailer has just come to pass. Have you ever heard of prison riots? Do you know what the first thing they do when they get loose is? They go find those guards and they hurt them. That's usually what happens. They either kill them or hurt them really badly because they're the ones that have been kept kept them in prison. And so this jailer draws his sword. He decides, you know what? If the prisoners don't kill me, the people that told me to keep the prisoners in the jail are going to kill me. I might as well die on my own terms. I'm just going to kill myself right now. He drew his sword. He was ready to to kill himself. And the scripture says that he heard a voice from inside the jail. Paul saying, don't harm yourself. We are all here. We are all here. You know how scary that must be for the jailer at that point? they didn't leave they're all here that's even scarier than them all being gone it might mean that I'm gonna die quicker rather than later it might mean that I'm about to get a beat down it might mean all sorts of bad things for me the scripture says he had a light brought he went in and he found that indeed they were all there and he falls to his knees before them trembling probably fearing for his life and he says to them sirs what must I do to be saved what must I do to be saved you got to remember that the slave woman had been announcing to everybody these men can tell you the way of salvation and this jailer after experiencing that earthquake and seeing everything that had happened and realizing that all the prisoners were still there realized she must have been onto something because this prison doesn't shake like this (laughs) she must have been onto something because these prisoners are still here and I know that if you open a jail cell they're gonna try to escape I know in my mind, in my understanding, that they would have tried to hurt me by now. I know in my own experience that this is not the way it goes. I think everybody was in shock. You know, nobody moved because everybody was going, what is going on? And when he asked the question, Paul and Silas told him, you need to believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, but then I love the addition, you and your household, not just you, you and your household, and what we have to understand is that in ancient times, the head of household directed the whole family. You know, you all might remember a time like that when you were growing up and your dad said, we're going to the market. Everybody got in the car and went to the market. There wasn't this, oh, I think I'm going to stay home or I'm going to do something else. No, no, no. The head of household said you're doing something. Guess what? Everybody did it. You followed the head of household because everybody had that, this idea that they were the head of the household, that they were directing the household. And so what Paul and Silas were letting this jailer know was that through him, his whole household could receive salvation. That through him, they could all be saved. That it wasn't just for him. I love that they didn't say, you know, if you go and do about six weeks of Bible study, take a few courses in seminary, maybe we'll let you in. If you go and and give away some things and do some service hours, we might give you salvation. He says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Sometimes we forget that salvation comes through faith in Jesus Christ and not through anything we do. That what we end up doing is in thanksgiving for the salvation that we have already received. At that moment, the jailer was receiving a gift for which he did not have to do anything but trust and believe. They were still bloodied and they were still hurting. But the scripture says that they preached the gospel to that jailer. That then they preached the gospel to his whole household and they baptized them immediately. Again, you don't have to wait. We're going to do it right now. This is the opportunity that we have. And it was only after that that the jailer began to wash their wounds. And then he served them a meal. You know, we've been, we studied Psalm 23 in Wednesday night Bible study. And it hit me, that verse that says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And God went a step further. He had the enemy before prepare the table for them and serve them a meal. If that's not a twist... And a turn of events. I don't know what is. Who would have said that the jailer was going to be hosting them. In his own house. And the scripture says that when they received the gospel. When they received that baptism. The whole household was filled with joy. Because they had been saved. They had been saved. Literally. Spiritually physically mentally in every possible way because the prisoners didn't hurt them and their spiritual life was now secure in Jesus Christ I mean the salvation that came into this household was holistic in the morning the jailer had a difficult decision to make and this is beyond our scripture right now It was too long. I didn't want to read the whole thing for you. But I want to tell you what happens at the end. Because it's a good ending. He had a decision to make in the morning. If I let these guys go. They will come after my family. And me. If I put them in jail. What does that say about my faith? And what I've just declared that I believe. And I have a feeling that at that moment, Paul and Silas told him, said, put us back. God is going to take care of this. Put us back. God has a plan with this. And the scripture says he returned them to their jail cell. And in the morning, the authorities send word, hey, tell those guys to leave town and go. Tell them to leave. They were going to let them loose. And Paul said, no, 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 no. Tell them that we are Roman citizens. That I am a Roman citizen. And they can come over here and let me loose themselves. Boy, you talk about ruffling some feathers. Roman citizens had rights. They couldn't just be beaten and stripped like that. You know that those magistrates had to come and the magistrate had to come and like apologize and and uh, and beg them to leave town so nobody else would find out what they had done God delivered them from the jail at the end if they had not been willing to sing praises to God and to pray in that jail. If they had not been willing to continue to be faithful in the darkest hour. That jailer and his family might have never known the name of Jesus Christ. Because they weren't going to the time of prayer at the river. They weren't gathering for worship. They were, they were Gentiles. They had their own gods. This opportunity only came because Paul and Silas were in that prison under his care. How many times do things happen to us that we don't understand, but God has a plan and a purpose with it to bring salvation and the name of Jesus to somebody who would otherwise never ever hear it. We need to learn Even in the darkest hour. To continue to praise. And glorify God. And ask him to show us. What he needs us to do. In the midst. Of those situations. Because we never know. What household. Can come to salvation. Because we remain faithful. In the middle of that dark valley. I pray that we continue to share Jesus to call on that powerful name and that no matter what comes our way like we were singing earlier we keep our eyes on Jesus the author and the consummator of our faith let us pray Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for Paul and Silas. I thank you for their willingness to continue to be faithful even after they were beaten, even after they were jailed, even after they were falsely accused. Help us, O Lord, to continue to be faithful to you when we experience difficulties in our lives. When lives When our lives take twists and turns that we don't understand, give us your understanding and your will so that we will know how you want to use those situations for good. We ask you, O Lord, on this day that you'll simply continue to use us wherever we are to bring salvation to the households we come in contact with. Help us to tell them that Jesus is the reason we can make it through our dark days. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Before we start worship, If you're in that prison, and you need it to be shaken today, the altar is going to be open. If you need the chains to come off, if you need to be able to be emboldened to share the gospel with your jailer, with the person that is oppressing you or coming against you, the altar is open. I want to invite you to come to call on the name of Jesus. That he will shake your jail. That he will set you free. And that you will be able to make a difference for his kingdom through his grace. The altar is open if you want to come up for prayer as we continue to worship.